You know, coronavirus was a big part of the reason we started Jackson Cloud. But coronavirus has started a lot of other things as well. Like conspiracy theories and conversations about the end times. What does the Bible have to say on all of that? Let's find out on today's episode of Jackson Cloud. Alright, today we're talking about the end of the world and all things conspiracy theory. So, let's have you guys blow each other up first. I've got <laughs> super fat and all of the expansions. So, here's how the game works. These are characters. I'm giving you both three. You need to choose one and then you will have to debate why your character would win in a fight. I am now going to give you both two characteristics. You need to choose one. These are characteristics of your super fighter. I am now going to give you one more quality at random. Could be good, could be bad, who knows. All right, you will now announce your character. In this corner, Olivia is... A creeper armed with a really, really bright laser pointer and flaming hands. So a creeper would be that green thing in Minecraft, is yes. that? Yeah, yes, so that she blows up, for. essentially. A green blow-up-y box thing. And in this corner, Casey is... I am a secret agent Good. that can run 200 miles per hour, but only in a straight line, and riding a war dolphin. I would watch that movie. All right. <laughs> debate begins. You have one minute to, dis to debate why you would win. Ready? Go. So I run away from the creeper, and I send my war dolphin after the creeper to kill them. So here's the thing. I have a really, really bright laser pointer, and since you can only run in one direction, you will never be able to get away from it. Uh, but the laser pointer doesn't do any damage. Because um, I'm a, a secret laser. agent. Laser pointer. It's a laser pointer. That's a pocket thing. No, it that's is not a enough. No. Laser that points. No, a laser pointer. That's what I you said have specifically. Flaming hands. That's a childhood toy. You have to get close enough to me to actually use those flaming hands. Oh, no, 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 no. Because you're a you creeper. Have you heard about what 5G does to you? Like, imagine what a laser pointer will do to you. Nope, laser pointer won't do much. As long as I close my eyes, I'm good. Um, that's also, I have flaming good. hands, so bye bye, dolphin. And then... Uh, it's a war dolphin. It has armor. It has lasers. It has, you know, You're spears steal my and lasers. tridents. You can't steal my lasers. It's a war dolphin. Lasers I can steal thing. anything I want. No. War dolphin. What else were you going to use in the water? And time. I will now make the call because I am the audience. Though you can comment who you think should have won. I would say this. Olivia with the right debates could have won, but maybe that Casey debated a little stronger in this particular case, which is not un-Casey-like of him when it comes to debates. <laughs> so now I will challenge the victor, which means you are now the audience. Da 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 da. Okay. So we are getting three characters. We need to choose one. These are the lamest cards ever! So I'm gonna go with the lamest one just to beat him so he'll feel extra bad. 
Alright. Those were pretty lame. Yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> Alright, you both get two of these, right? Yes. We have to choose one characteristic to keep. Yes. Not even difficult. Alright. And now one now random. Now you will force a random attribute into our hand. Okay. I'm trying not to read these first, but they keep slipping. So I'll just have to boom, right. boom. All right. Okay, in this corner, we have... Rudolph, armed with a Master Ball, which is Pokemon, really good Pokemon. And then armed with a dubstep gun. And in that corner, we have... We have Finn. Like the human from... Finn the human from Adventure Time. Adventure Time. Adventure Time, yeah. Okay, yes. all right. Yeah. With a Taco Bell burrito. I made that card. That screams names of attacks before using them. This feels like okay. it may not be as hard as I thought. All right. And go. So I trick Rudolph into eating my Taco Bell burrito. I already knew he was going to do that because he screamed it out. And I'm like, I'm not going to eat that. That's an attack. But it's a Taco Bell burrito. But I'm not going to eat it. Taco Bell burrito. By the way, this isn't sponsored by Taco Bell. But. I shoot with my dubstep gun and he starts... Mosh dancing. Right, which then I scream another attack, which is giant right punch. And so I move. No, but I make because it. Because I know there's a giant right punch coming. But because I keep screaming that, you think the dubstep becomes screamo and that attacks your eardrums. I don't think so. I, I refute that logic. I just pull out my master ball, throw it, and now a very powerful Pokemon. No, it's an empty Master Ball. Or something. No, it says it's armed with a Master Ball. Right. Armed with a Master then Ball. Then I That's throw it at your forehead and, and you knock miss. you over. And you miss. You can't just argue that I miss. Yep. No, because, because of a Taco Bell burrito. Because That's you, why you yelled, miss. I'm and gonna die. I don't know if I'm allowed to uh, judge this one because the Rudolph card came up. So obviously oh. I'm biased. Ooh, she is a Christmas um, person. However, I do think that Rudolph, having caught him in a Master Ball, is the easy winner here. Woo! Pokemon and Christmas for the win! Alright, so I thought we were getting the topic of end time stuff, conspiracy theories, because, you know, if you're watching this online, then you've probably been online sometime recently, and the world has kind of lost their mind a little bit. Um, so, I don't know. What are some either revelation applications you've seen, crazy conspiracy theories, things like that? There's a few different type of conspiracy theories. A few. This, yes. this is the guy who knows all about them because he reads into them a lot. Well, I try to see <laughs> if I can fact, that, fact check them first. Sure, sure. Although... Most of the time you can't because they're conspiracy theories, so there's not as much fact-checking that you can do, but as much as you can do, I tried to do that. But um, some of the most notable have been bioweapon from China mm -hmm. was coronavirus, um, as well as kind of the, you know, it's a hoax perpetuated by the media and, mm -hmm. you know, the Illuminati and stuff like that. So always a good place to stop doing your <laughs> your your credibility on your research, right? Yeah, usually once it gets to the Illuminati, that's when I'm like, all right, that's too much. Yeah. Which 
I, I don't know. I made like a normal post about something that had happened, an everyday thing, and somebody sent me like pictures of things. It's like, look, the Illuminati's behind this everyday thing. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking? Dude, you know what you sound like? Like, you gotta settle down, bring it back. Uh, you've probably seen something or she's not I haven't been on social media. Oh, time, well, that's probably so all right. I don't know what conspiracies are going around, except for, I mean, just some hearsay that oh. I've heard people say, but they're really not interesting. Have you heard about RFID chips? No. Okay, so, like, this would be one thing is it's the mark of the beast. That you'll get an RFID chip put in, what, your finger or something? Uh, wrist, normally. Which I didn't look into that much, but from what I understand, this made national news because some businesses already make you do that or something. And so the reason some jobs at, like, Google, there's, yeah. you can get one, and it's like your passcode to go, like your ID badge, mm-hmm. but it's embedded in your wrist so no one can steal it. And for security reasons, it's supposed to be better. But then it made governmental... Like, the government had to make a ruling on it. But I think the point was, hey, people have already expected their workers to do this. We're saying, like, you can't require that. But, of course, that blew up the other way, if I understand right, of the government saying you can get RFID chips now. And (laughs) Anyways, like, that right there got turned into a thing about the mark of the beast, you know. And, like, from a biblical standpoint, I I hate it when Revelation gets abused because, like, the mark of the beast in Revelation was most likely already a thing people understood. Is like, if you didn't make the proper sacrifices in town, then you were marked in a certain way that you can't make exchanges in the market, you can't enter trade. So it's like, stop, you know, there's there's no need to like try to find like this big RFID chip or barcode it was at one point or other things, um, but rather um, recognize that they understood like it, if, if we don't bow down before other gods, then our life is going to be significantly harder, is what the book of Revelation was saying. Now, you still could find, if you would, a mark of the beast today that would have the same spiritual application, right? Uh, that if you weren't in if you were in a place and are like, no, if you don't follow our God, then you can't make a trade. That would be essentially the same thing. Uh, but the same thing with 666. I saw that coming up everywhere. Of course. Well, that always comes up every time. It always does. Doom and gloom. Everybody's going to die. Do we remember why this time, though? I, I don't think I've seen 666 in yeah. relation to coronavirus yet. Okay. Did you? But I haven't seen anything like that. I think I've, I think people have just been on edge so much. I've, I've seen it come up before, you know, like be aware or something. But even that was like... That was in their time. They were trying to, um, most likely scholars would say they were talking about Nero, uh, Caesar, the emperor at the time. Hebrews had a thing called gematria where numbers in Hebrew equaled um, letters, or sorry, letters equaled numbers, and then you do the math and you get a result. Uh, And so if you do Nero um, in gematria, it comes out to 666. More intriguingly, there's two different ways you could spell Nero. And if you do it another way, it comes out 616, which doesn't mean much to us. But there's two different manuscripts of Revelation. One says 666, the other one says 616. So it seems like the uh, 
scribes when they copy it over they'd be like mm, depending on how i think this particular tribe is going to spell nero i'm going to change the number so that when they do the math they'll know what it means and this could this could stand for other names of course there's other names that equal 666 but whoever john was writing to he expected you know who i'm talking about because he says someone with wisdom needs to figure this out calculate this number you know he wasn't talking to us 2,000 years later. If anything, John thought the end was coming in his time, in the first century. So he wasn't talking to us. And yet we're always looking for that, you know, what does 666 mean? It already meant something. It's already passed. So anything could be Antichrist. There's thousands of Antichrists right now. You know, anyone who's persecuting the church, that would be Antichrist. There's a difference between like that and like the ultimate antichrist which is satan rising up but like the bible as far as we know about that just says it's a man of lawlessness which is hard to track what's going on but it's like the ultimate manifestation of evil on the earth which in my opinion seems pretty far away so this is another thing that i i don't know you know like only first off jesus didn't know when he was coming back angels don't know when he's coming back he said only god knows when he's coming back um but, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, Corona, is this the end times, right? People are asking that question. Yeah. Um, when you look at the picture Revelation paints, it's this belief that God is like ultimately patient, ultimately willing to wait until there's no hope left. And it, it, the flood actually a lot of times is looked at as like, that's kind of what the end times will be like is in the flood, there was only one guy, Noah, and he wasn't even that great. I don't know. You know, like the Bible says he was blameless for his time. If the world's so bad that you got to wipe it out, how blameless, blameless are you? Yeah, that is quite yeah. the question. And But then, you know, like it, it, sound, it looked like God was going to wipe everyone out, but then he had hope because there was just this one guy He's like, okay, let's try again. And then, you know, that didn't work out so great because we don't know what happened, but Noah curses his son like immediately after the new world starts and evil happens like immediately. So, like, I mean, <laughs> if you're trapped in a boat for 40 days and 40 nights with your own family, cabin fever could kind of potentially have sat got in. lots of zoo animals. That makes it worse, you not better. You gotta go to that a is zoo not with better. your family. <laughs> No, extended... you are forced into a zoo with your family. That makes it worse. You it's go scuba diving. <laughs> you just I mean, the opposite end if you're fighting with someone. It, it can work. Lock them in the elephant cage for a while. That, that would not be. That would be awful. Teach them to paint with their abuse. trunks. <laughs> it could work. Uh, but anyways, you know, like that's God's ultimate. Sorry, God's hope is so great. That there's one guy who's kind of blameless for his time, and he's still willing to work with it. In my opinion, the world has not reached this place where you would not have hope anymore. There's certainly bad stuff going on. There's certainly a lot of things like crashing around us. Uh, by no means do I mean to belittle those things, but like someone didn't just walk by and like knock on the window and say, "Hey, come out here! I want to kill you." You know, like that's what Sodom and Gomorrah looked like. Uh, that was like a city beyond hope. It was just so evil. It had basically, it became anti-Eden. It consumed itself. Um, and the world doesn't look like that to me. And the flood 
is one example of what the end is supposed to look like. Sodom and Gomorrah is referenced as another example of what the world's going to look like. And it seems to me that there's still a lot of good out there, a lot of hope, and that it's been 2,000 years. Obviously, God's patient. <laughs> and we've got, I don't know, seems like more time. Uh, it's a very American thing that when we have just a little bit of suffering at all, we're like, the end times are here! You know, like, that's just a consistent thing that we do. Yeah. But I mean, the rest it's a of the world thing has I think a time. lot of people do, though. I don't know. I think you go to the rest of the world and, like, life sucks all the time. You know, like... They're not just like, six, six, six. Well, I mean, yeah, they don't phrase it in that way, but they could phrase it in other ways. Sure. I mean, if you think about, you know, you could think of Godzilla coming back in Japanese culture as like an end time. coming back? Or I mean, arriving, whatever. Well, I mean, there's Godzilla 1, Godzilla 2. Hang on. <laughs> These are not documentaries, just to be clear. I know. Like I said, he's on the conspiracy side of the internet. No, but I'm just saying, like, that would be another culture's reference to the end time, where, like, American culture is more of the 666 stuff. Sure. But then there's, you know, Godzilla and Japanese culture. Kaiju! Right. Speaking of kaiju, you wrote a book on kaiju. I did, and by the way, it's right here. Kaiju of Biblical Proportions, the color of... What were we talking about again? Well, I've got a Bible verse. I, I read this the other day. I hadn't taken note of it before, but the current culture kind of makes it catch your attention. So Isaiah 8, 11 through 13. For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me. Whenever God's hand is upon a prophet, it's almost like a, I have this sense of God's presence is in the room. Um, you know, like what a lot of times, sometimes you feel this in worship or when you're at church, especially in Pentecostal backgrounds, it's like God's presence is here. That's what the prophets mean whenever they say God's hand is upon them. And in this case, his strong hand's upon me. So Isaiah really feels God's presence. And here's what he says. He warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. The Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. And that that was a word to a different people at a different time. Whatever conspiracies they were hearing are not the ones that we're hearing today. Nope. But I think it's still a good word for today in which God's just like, look, stop freaking out about all the things that people are saying are conspiracies. If you're going to be afraid of something, be afraid of me. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound good, but what it means is like, you know, like, be holy. Remember that I'm holy. Live a life towards what I'm calling you. If you're going to be afraid of things, don't be afraid of all the conspiracy stuff going on there that people are saying like, this thing's true. This thing's true. I'm true. Focus on me. Live your life as though I'm real and I'm I'm coming. Uh which was not what I meant to indicate as like your theme of the day. <laughs> Be afraid of God, everyone. That's, <laughs> that's not what I mean. I just mean, you know, like he is truth. Conspiracy is not. Put your heart in him. Let him be where your focus is on and how you live your life. I feel like Revelation brings up a lot of conspiracy theories and everyone's very quick to say, oh, it's right here. Everything's going to 
explode and be awful. But honestly, I feel like a lot of that has to do with the way we've portrayed Revelation in media. Hmm. I was not afraid of Revelation as a kid until I was an adult and started watching movies like <laughs> Left, Behind. Left Behind and you know Bible studies that focused on this is what's going to happen Revelation scary stuff Death, but as a kid this is going to make me sound kind of dark but I used to pray that the end times would come and that Jesus would come back and oh. rescue the world because I thought our world was kind of terrible, and I wanted Jesus to take it back. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, it wasn't until I was like a teenager where I was like, oh no, revelation means everything's going to end and we should be terrified. And it's only because, you know, the people around me made me feel like that's what I should think. Yep. And actually, that's where we're headed next. Uh, Aaron Schott, who lives in Scotland, who is an environmental scientist, is coming on the show next to talk to us about um, God and care for the environment. Here's what I learned in Revelation. It's not about the blowing up of the world. It's about the making of it new and redeeming it. So we're going to talk about like why does, why, why does our care for the environment matter and how is that godly? and uh, um, how our understanding of the world just exploding and being no more is actually anti-biblical in many senses when we catch a glimpse of what the Bible is actually trying to communicate. So that's where we're headed next. Let's get Aaron on the phone. All right, on the line from Scotland, we've got Aaron Schott, who sometimes says, even though she lived around here for a while, sometimes now says scottish things so don't be confused i will be your translator oh gosh when she says things like post or that's all i remember at the moment have uh, i said post oh dear you did you did it's in a podcast we did once um but uh yeah so aaron is an environmental scientist but went to spring arbor university lived in michigan for i think her whole life yes and then vanished to scotland to get her master's and has done a bunch of other cool things along the way like steal one of my best friends and never bring him back again doesn't really well, still you married my best friend so like i feel like it's an even trade well <laughs> either way we've brought aaron on because you know a lot of times we're, we're talking about conspiracy theories which took us into end time stuff because that's a lot of times where conspiracy theories go which took us into revelation as olivia was just saying a lot of times people phrase revelation like it's the end of the world nothing matters the world's just going to blow up and we're all going to take off to heaven and see you later world will never be back whereas the biblical uh understanding of revelation is that heaven is coming down to earth so yeah there's this when we die we go to heaven but the end game of the whole Bible is eventually we leave heaven to come to earth because heaven comes down to earth, making a new earth and a new heavens where we're given new physical, spiritual, resurrected bodies. Anyways, that's the ultimate vision because the end of Revelation is not the earth is gone. The end of Revelation is, hey, Jerusalem has come out of the sky and landed on the earth. The earth has been repaired. We live here forever. Anyways, the reason I bring this up <laughs> a long-winded intro is because if that is the biblical case for the importance of our world then it's not 
just let the earth go to hell in a handbasket. It's, hey, the earth plays like this ultimate role. It's where we live now. It's where we live later. It's not tossed out the window and explodes, you know? So no goodbye and thanks for old fish? No, no more covers of Left Behind showing the world on fire. So, Aaron, establish that point for us because you're a scientist. And wow. No Let pressure or anything. That, no, first of all, lots of pressure. Also, that segue, solid 10 out of 10. I'll have to give it to you. So, <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, Earth is important because it comes down to Earth. Thank you, Aaron. We'll see you yes, later. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. My whole shtick is, like, the climate breakdown and, like, every place in Europe has declared a climate emergency. Like, this is all very happening right now, and it's very easy as Christians to go, oh, whatever. Like, we'll just go to heaven, and it's not a problem. But as Jamin so wonderfully illustrated that that's not actually what happens like christ comes here and then he gets to see what we've done with his gift to us which is the earth and i don't know about you guys but i will want to do the most that i possibly could that way jesus isn't disappointed in me like so he's going to take the earth and make it so much more lush but what if he didn't have to work that hard to make it that way and that's kind of how I I see that. But, um, you know, ultimately, as Christians, one of the challenges of that is in a weird world that we're living in with so much stuff flying around on the Internet or, you know, my uncle's Facebook posts. Um, how do you convince people? Let's talk about that. For a <laughs> we do not have time to unpack. No, I'm kidding. It's more like, how do we connect? How do we talk to people about this topic without someone becoming angry or scared or frustrated? And I really admire this uh, climate scientist named Catherine Hayhoe. And she has outlined... Hayhoe! She's outlined such a great way to go about this when talking to someone. It's okay, Olivia. You can laugh. Um, It's okay. She's the only professional one here. I'm very pleased with her. She's the only straight man. She's doing me a huge favor. Um, So the ways about which we would talk to somebody is three, maybe four major steps. Her three and then mine that I've added. So it's you bond with someone, you connect with them, and then you inspire them. And I would also say you challenge them to act. Um, So when you say, when I say bond, you have to establish a bond between somebody before you can convince them of anything. Instead of just, like, attacking someone off the street or, like, on somebody online, like, you have to establish that you have something in common. That way, what you have to say matters. So, how I do with relatives is I kind of just talk about, like, you just have to establish a bond. You just chat with people, your friends or whatever. And then after that is connect. And this is when you start getting into actual climate emergency stuff or environmental issues or ecology or something is you have to connect it to where they're living. So it's really easy to tell somebody about the lions in Africa, but I don't live in Africa and you don't live in Africa. So that is abstract. So an easy way to do that is talk about invasive non-native species for Everybody knows about the emerald ash borer. If you talk to them about it, they will instantly start talking to you about ash trees that they used to have 
that died. I'm not talking about the beetle. I'm talking about the beetle, but when you mentioned, oh, it kills all the ash trees, people are immediately like, oh, all my ash trees I in my back. I didn't know yeah. about the beetle. But I, I, do. Yeah. About <laughs> I guess, I guess being knows. a scientist, I'm just like, this is common knowledge. The emerald ash borer is a small beetle. It's about oh, this big. It's uh, green, like a jeweled beetle. It's from China, and it was shipped over to Detroit in, I want to say, 2002. It was the Detroit. epicenter. That's not a great thing. Um, <laughs> and it pretty much like wiped out all the ash trees in the Midwest. Yeah, you got the destruction. I mean, what? <laughs> so here where I live in Scotland, there's a plant called rhododendron, which is, uh, I think, from the Himalayas. And it just kind of takes over all, like, sides of mountainsides so that like talking to someone about emerald ash borer probably not going to connect with them but talking about a common garden plant that's actually really bad for you and people have planted all over the country they're definitely going to want to talk to me about that she does plants. let me tell you an invasive species that everyone can get behind me in hating except for the people who plant them those stupid trees that smell like fish don't plant them. Oh, those are not native. Yes, they're here too. Yes, I wish we knew what they were called, but I absolutely know what you're talking about. They are very non-native. Yes. We all know the fish trees. No one knows what they're called. They're fish trees. (laughs) It's only when they're blossoming um, in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows about them. Everyone, I'm sure. Past it without knowing it's there. <laughs> yes, it's it beats true. without knowing it's there at it's that point. True. Yes. But now we have to inspire them. So it's really easy to fear monger when you're talking about climate change and climate breakdown because I am guilty of that because it's just so much easier to be like, there's going to be no coral reefs in like 10 years. That's terrifying and scary. It makes you feel hopeless. Like, well, if that's the case, what's the point? So you really, really can't end on that note. You definitely have to find something that is inspiring. Like last year with all of the climate strikes and like most major countries declaring climate emergencies, that's really essential. Anything local, like some forest that you wanted to protect and it had like they wanted to build on it, but actually they decided it was better for the environment to not do that. Just talk about something that's inspiring, that like change is happening and you don't feel so lost that like we can keep doing this and this is good. And a lot of times people will ask you, well, what do I do now that I know about these things? And that would bring you to your last thing, which I think you should do is how you can act. So there's a few things that you can do and you don't have to do all of them. Jamin hates this because I talk about it all the time. But it's like, don't use single-use plastics, like saran wrap or lunch bags. <laughs> Wait, what if you use lunch bags more than once, though? Yeah, that's great. That's great. If you if you have to use lunch bags, try to use them more than once. We wash them out. Um, if you don't want to use uh, saran wrap, you can use, like, cloth, beeswax cloth. There's alternatives out there. Or, like... There's stuff that you can use that's heavy-duty plastic, like rubber tops that you can put on top. Um, you reusable grocery bags. Those are great because most grocery bags people, like, use once to throw away. Or we all have, like, a bag in our house that's just full of old grocery bags that you use inexplicably for some reason. 
cat litter. Uh, buy food locally. Go to a farmer's market. Try to buy food that's only in season. Um, most like most grocery stores will have labels that be like made in like wherever you live, Scotland or Michigan or um, I'm I don't know who's listening to Scotland or Michigan. I guess uh, recycling. <laughs> obviously. Two venues. I guess. <laughs> Recycling, obviously, everybody's heard that. Like, recycling's good. You should recycle. Um, composting, if you're able, buy a book on that. What, Jamin? There's something she's going to say. I'm waiting for it because it hurts. Well, it's oh, okay. my last thing. And my last thing is uh, eat less meat. So, eat less meat. Like, uh, as human beings, we didn't always eat meat for three meals a day until, like, 70 years ago it's not normal so we don't necessarily have to do that eat like eating less meat is just good there's less cattle out there less pollution less methane gas because cows fart, body. Right? eat more vegetables if you really hate vegetables this is perfect oh. just eat them because then they're gone so you don't <laughs> like vegetables. you know what if you hate vegetables learn how to cook them right Less meat. It's not that simple, you guys. It is that simple. I, mean, I hated speaking... vegetables for so long until this last year. I can't get enough of them. See? Learn how to cook them. They can taste good. You just got to figure it out. It's a process. Olivia won't be in our next episode. <laughs> no one knows why. So, yeah, um, I only eat about two meals a week with actual meat. Um, but we actually go to a local butcher and buy like a really nice cut or in the winter I'll get a deer and, you know, do a regular thing and butcher it in my own kitchen. And she did this. In I, did I felt like cereal of her apartment <laughs> of my a flat deer yeah. hanging up in the window. You know what? I'm impressed. Thank you. The rest you of us are disturbed. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm impressed. I wish I had those skills. Also, that's fantastic. And yeah. All of your neighbors think that you're a murderer or something. It was very hey, uh, nerving carrying a deer uh, carcass into <laughs> my flat. And people were just like, <laughs> Nothing to see here. How you doing, I mean... Karen? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, move on. Where are we at? <laughs> but yeah, um, Jamin doesn't like that one, but I think it's a really good thing to say. And also, I want to reiterate. You don't have to do all of those things. Like, you can do the things that work for you. Jamin probably do everything except eat less meat. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't. If you are sitting in the parking lot, like, stressed out about what to buy because you don't know how to be the most conscious, that don't worry about it. It's okay. You don't have If you can't afford reusable diapers, don't buy reusable diapers. Like, if you can't afford something like that, then don't, don't do it because the options should be available to everyone when it's affordable so you shouldn't put it all on yourself like oh if i don't do this i can't save the planet but it's important to have a variety of things that you can do instead of telling people like the only thing you can do is just like not use straws and like that's not nice so it's true yep. but in so, that case you know, i don't use a lot of straws and i'm doing pretty good so i can eat more meat good for you Woo! Uh, bond with people connect to your local environment inspire them with good stories and then provide them ways to act so that's how I would talk to somebody about like something that feels like end timey 
And by the way, those all carry very well over into like evangelistic techniques too. Just so get to know a person. You know, there are some people I know who go out in the streets to evangelize. And I, I legitimately want to have a conversation with them where I'm like, you need to stop. You know, like, <laughs> A, it doesn't seem like God gifted you in this area. And like evangelist is actually like a calling on someone's life. We should all be doing it. Don't get me wrong. But like the going out in the streets and doing it is a specific calling. And B, like people will listen if you can learn how to talk and build a relationship with them, which is the primary way in which most Christians who aren't called to be a evangelist create evangelism is by getting to know people, showing them Jesus in their life and letting that eventually create those conversations. So in the same way that Aaron's saying like, hey, maybe don't just yell at people, but get to know them first. See, science, religion, very similar. The more you know. <laughs> All right, well, uh, hey, tomorrow, Thursday, Aaron is coming out with a new episode of the Aaron Environment we've been talking about. Um, different models of creation that uh, science and uh, Christianity have kind of put together as different ways to think about the Genesis story. You can catch up with that on the Air Environment, which is a part of the Jackson Cloud Network. Just go check it out. The Air Environment, E-R-I-N, Air Environment, which, by the way, now that I have to spell that on everything, I don't remember how to spell environment. <laughs> it's just environment. It's too late. Every time I type air environment, I just type air environment. So uh, we'll talk more about uh, more science and religion topics on there tomorrow. Check it out on the podcast. And Aaron, thanks for... It's not that hard to spell. Shut up. Thanks for talking with us today, Aaron. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Also, I want to say it looks very sunny and lovely where you are. So that's... uh... It's very hot. It's been very very dreek out today, so... Looks awful where you There's are. There's a Scottish word for you. <laughs> what did you say? I said it's been very dreek out today. So. Dreek out? D-R-I-E-C-H. Dreek. Never heard of that, but sounds yeah. interesting. Isn't that like Is a that baby like dragon bleak? or something? Like... Well, that's a drake. Oh, all right. It's that's... not like bleak. <laughs> See, there's mingin. I'll tell you later. Anyway. So. <laughs> Okay, well, that's enough before we become too Scottish. Uh, We will catch Aaron later. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe down below. And check out our Discord server. We'll have a link down below. Talk about anything we talked about today. Chat with you there.